Hello, and welcome to Connected by Life. I'm your host, Sean Paul Harrison. Connected by Life was created to have engaging conversations about important topics that impact physicians and our clinical stakeholders in regards to organ donation and transplantation. In this episode, we're going to continue our conversation with Mark Nelson. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, please do so as we discussed his pre-transplant journey. Mark Nelson is a heart recipient, LOPA volunteer, and a physician assistant in Opelousa's General Health System. I'm also grateful to call him a dear friend. In this episode, we're going to talk about his life-saving transplant and the impact it's had upon him, his family, the hospital, and the community. Let's continue. You know, I can't even imagine, you know, one of the things that I've been picking up is, is, as you're telling your story is just how specific these dates are to you. Yeah. As for my recovery, I had my uh, monthly post-op visits. I was eager to get back to my normal life and work. And at eight weeks post-op, they granted me, well, actually, I got to come home for a couple of weeks in early March. Then I went back and then they gave me uh, a two months ability to go back to work for a few hours a day, a couple of days a week. And I did that, and I started back to work, basically eight weeks to the day of my surgery, and I never looked back. And I just had a very uneventful postoperative course. They managed my meds very carefully each month. My ejection fraction was right back up at 65, and I've just been extremely blessed, so blessed. Uh, I'm so appreciative to everyone that took part of every step. And, you know, after that part of the recovery you know, you go to the hospital, you have a gallbladder or you have your appendix out and you go home and that's the end of that. And I kind of thought that was that with this. And then I realized it was much, much more than that. And that's when I started kind of uh, thinking about how do I reach out and send a, how do I reach out and say thank you to my donor family? How do I do that? What that's going to be like? I went back for my seventh month checkup and they say, hey, by the way, they said there is a LOPA event not far from you in Karen Crow in October. It's in a couple weeks. It's a, a LOPA run. Well, at this time, I'd been running a little bit. I was back doing soccer. And I said, look, I want to go to that LOPA event, run the 5K just to show that I can do it and to support LOPA. So my wife and I showed up. We had our transplant dat black t-shirts two of us we part i can't i don't know how to explain this to you i was we were riding up to the horse farm in karen crow and all of a sudden as we got close to it there was this feeling of just serenity that just touched me i'm like man i said there's something about this place in that i've never been here but i have this this very special feeling about this place i don't know what it is i said you know can you feel that and she goes well kind of I said, man. So we got there. We get out of the truck, and we're the only two people wearing this black T-shirt. They have these, all these teams of 20 people in pink and 30 people in yellow. And I'm like, what is all this? You know, I was, I didn't understand what was going on. And fortunately, at that time, I did my run. I finished it, and I thought I could, we could leave. And I heard, no, it's more than that. You can have a chance to speak and tell your story. And I was a little uncomfortable. I hadn't really gone through it yet it was still so fresh and i said well you know what i know of a family that's gone through a lot more trauma than i have my donor family i'll be happy to do it so i went up there and stood in line and that's when i first heard the voice of sean paul as he led this this ceremony and he was so eloquent and he 
I don't know how to describe it. There was a aura that I felt about him and his purpose and just the feeling of all the donor families that were, that were there. And so it was a funny thing. I was standing at the end of the line and they handed me the microphone and I'm like, what? I handed it to the person next to me. It's like, I'm not ready for this. And she was a donor family and she gave a beautiful story of her hero. And then I spoke. And of course I got a little emotional as I do about all of this. And then probably 14 other or 10 other donor families spoke and it was powerful. And the stories were so, so tough to hear yet. There was so much love and support there. When it was over, I walked up to my wife and I said, Annetta, we don't belong here. This is a place for donors to heal and, 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 and be with each other. This is not a place for recipients who are, are joyous and everything, you know, it's just, she goes, I, I, I know what you mean. And then something happened that changed my life. These two ladies came up to me and thanked me for what I told them for telling my story. And they said, this has helped, this helps us heal as donor family, be appreciative people doing well and appreciate what has happened. And I said, well, thank you so much. And one of the ladies said, you know, I've never heard back from the person that got my son's heart. And I instinctively just grabbed her hand. I placed it on my chest. And I said, that's what it feels like. And she cried and I cried with her. And uh, I came to understand that, you know, after transplant, you can give back. And so uh, that's kind of one of my purposes now is in, excuse me, in any way that I can, I want to try to help heal those that, that have been hurt. And I also want to lift them up and, and lift up their donors. And I really want more people to sign up to be a donor because, you know, I know what it was like lying in that bed, hopelessly, slowly dying, wondering what would be left in my life. And there's somebody else right now lying in that bed. They may be waiting for a kidney. They may be waiting for a heart or lungs. And I've met many, many other people through my journey through the transplant games of America, et cetera. And I need to do my part to help that person lying in bed have a chance that I was given. Well, let, let me let me interject for just a second, Mr. Moore. I just want to tell you, you're saying those are the things that you want to do. And those are the things that you are doing. Thank you for sharing that very intimate and vulnerable story because... You know, I know you shared that with me about how you felt being up there with all of those families. And it's not about the event. It's a platform to honor these heroes and their families and celebrate the gift of life that you and many recipients have received as well, as well as raising awareness so more people know about organ and tissue donation and the importance of it. You know, that is one of our missions that we can't do without you all. And I know that there were several families that have spoken to me uh, about you all being there and being able to see that life that had received those gifts in front of them, you know, hearing stories, and it might not have been, you know, their particular hero that saved you, but is representation and seeing the sincere gratitude that you have every single day. So thank you. And so one of the things that I would like to also talk about is how, you know, going back to You've been in the medical field for so long, and I know that you've been surrounded by physicians and nurses and so many other medical personnel. And so they saw 
this very healthy individual that shortly was diagnosed and was in need of a transplant. And so when you came back to work so quickly, I want to know like what that is like and how that's impacted them in seeing a life that was saved. Yeah. Well, at Opelousas General, it's a smaller hospital. I've been there a long time. It's really like a family. They would send me encouraging texts, videos from the operating room going, hey, we miss you. You know, we're still functioning, but we miss you. Uh, and so when I came back, you know, it was it was just joyful. They were all happy to hear the stories and everything. And they really supported me to the point that I don't know if you remember, but yeah, last year they for this Lopa event, they formed a team and raised a lot of money for Lopa. They, they jumped on the bandwagon with me because they support me so much that, I mean, I work with orthopedic surgeons. They, they know where the heart's located in the body and that's about it. And so, uh, they kind of saw what happened to me, but a whole lot of the other doctors would, were, you know, I'm kind of the person on the chart about transplants at the hospital. Everybody has really gotten supportive of, of Lopa and the importance of it. If they ever see a story about something or they have somebody in the hospital that is having some heart failure problems, they, they mention my name. I go talk to them. I have gotten a whole nother amazing respect for every position in the hospital for the for the housekeeping who cleaned your room so clean to the person that reads you your diet for the ICU nurses, for the, all of them, they just are on a pedestal to realize how important and what they do for everybody. I also have learned to really take more time with my patients when I make rounds on them and really try to give them more comfort than I ever have before, because they just mean so much more to me now that I'm able to, provide for being back, being a, a caregiver and not a care receiver. Well, you could definitely tell the difference that it's made because, and I know that you keep referring to it being a small facility, and although it may be, they still make a huge difference because I know this past April, we had a group of individuals that went out to the hospital for the April Donor Awareness Event for the flag raising, and you were definitely one of the special guest speakers. And just to see the amount of people that took the time to go out there and support you to support donor families. And even, you know, from, and like you said, it, the culture is, is from the ground up, you know, and I know that the CEO has a special story and um, you know, he definitely is the one that's, that's supportive as well. And I look forward to having a conversation with him on the podcast. Great. Um, but you know, it is definitely a culture that you all have built there that is, is spreading through our community. And that's what it's all about is to, to continue sharing these stories. It's true. And, you know, being in the field of orthopedics, we depend, we depend on having tissue donation every day of the week. We, anytime we have a elderly person or a young person that has a bad, bad wrist fracture, distal radius fracture, we're looking on the shelf to have some bone, to bone graft that because their bone is crushed like an accordion. And when you pull it back out to length, there's just nothing there but air. So you've got to support that with bone. We use that all the time in sports medicine. We use hamstrings, quadricep tendons. We use all kinds of tissue all the time. And it's just, it's just assumed it'll always be there. And I tell them, this is such a gift to have this here. You've got to think about What's behind this tissue? It's a very, very 
special tissue that should, that we respect wholly, and it's treated with great respect, but it's it should be appreciated. And, you know, I do encourage uh, – I think a, a piece of paper goes with each person that gets that to contact LOPA or contact – a way to contact the donor of that tissue. They, they trace it and let them know what a difference it's made in the quality of their life. You know, organ donation gives life. Tissue donation improves the quality of people's lives. And so now we're improving the quality of people's lives. I work with one of the greatest human beings and greatest hand surgeons in southwest Louisiana. And I guess for HIPAA reasons, I won't say his name, but uh, he started having a little bit of visual problems, and he thought he had cataracts. He got his eyes examined and found out that not only did he have cataracts, but he had some problems with his corneas, and he would need to have corneal transplants as well as cataracts. So he was transferred to Houston for a specialist that does corneal transplants, and he went there probably six months ago and had his first eye done, corneal transplant as well as cataract came back and was back in the operating room in five weeks again sharing his blessing his talent and helping many many people with multiple different problems again and he went back and he's just been back recently from having a second one done and he said his vision he's worn glasses all his life he said his vision is better than it has ever been in his life when he wore glasses and he is fired up to work and give back again, and I have been on his B-U-T-T to fill out that piece of paper for the donors to realize that they donated corneas to an orthopedic hand surgeon who's using his vision that was given as a gift of corneas to continue to help his fellow man. Yeah, I will definitely say that I don't want to speak for him, but I can tell you, I guess I kind of am, but in a way... (laughs) is that him and many other recipients that have received tissue donation, it is a life-saving gift to them. So, And I appreciate you sharing that story because it's also to those families. Those are heroes. Those tissue donors are heroes, and it's helping those donor families as well. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. So, Mark, listen, I know that we've talked about a lot of different things, and there's so much more that we could talk about. I really enjoy having these conversations with you. But um, as we're closing Right now, one of the things that I'd like to ask you is that if you had a moment, if you had a thought, something that you would want to share with physicians or our hospital partners, what would that one thing be that you would like to leave them with? Uh, you know, a lot of the ICU nurses and the and the doctors, they they're on the side of of the donor. They're keeping them alive. They're doing all the support they can, and sometimes they don't get to see and witness the other side of the donation. And so for all those workers that are on that side, I want to let you know there's extreme happiness on the other side. And I want to also tell them that there's, there's healing. uh, Sorry. There's some healing for the donor families when they have the opportunity to meet the recipient. And I can tell you that, because it happened with me. So I wrote my letter. I did not know how this was supposed to happen. I knew I had to keep it generic. And I wrote my letter, sent it to LOPA. It got moved on to the Florida Organ Procurement Agency as that's where my heart came from. And so I wrote this in November. They received my letter on Christmas Eve. And I thought, 
what a sad, horrible day for them to receive this letter, bringing that up right before Christmas. And they told me that made their Christmas. It could not have come on a better day. I thought, I thought, what a sign from God that they got it that day. It made their Christmas. They were so happy. They responded to my letter. I received their response in April, and I, I couldn't get past reading uh, – their first, their first uh, line to me. But uh, anyway, we made made contact with each other. I there are a small family from outside Orlando, Florida, in Claremont, Florida, the Sharps. I bought them plane tickets. I flew them down here to Cajun Country last October. Picked them up in New Orleans. Brought them home to Opelousas. Uh, we, Friday morning, we shared stories. We cried. We laughed. We kind of bonded. Later uh, that day, I took him to Old Time Grocery in Lafayette. They had their first official pull boy, <laughs> which they played very much. And Saturday morning, we got up early. I took him to Bro Bridge to Buck and Johnny's for a Zodico breakfast. I had the, my donor mom dancing Zodico all over the place. She had a great time. They had boudin omelets. They didn't know what the heck it was, but they loved it. <laughs> uh, I cooked them some Sacolay. And some yam, fridge fries, and all kinds of good stuff that afternoon. I took them back to New Orleans on the Sunday. And the only time that that mom, Carol, cried, and she cried like a baby, not when she saw me. She cried when she had to leave. Uh I, I call them quite often, and it's funny. She, uh, how was your day? Did you work too much? Are you tired? You're going to do your soccer? Have you eaten yet? Are you going to eat when you get home? And I mean, she's still talking to her little boy, and I realize it, and it's okay. And uh, we 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 stayed in touch very closely. Uh, we used to talk weekly, Facetime weekly, and now we uh, have a little space, maybe every two to three weeks, but. They are part of my family now. I'm part of theirs, and I will be forever indebted to them. I will always provide for them. I will love them, and uh, they uh, they do the same for me. I've done some other little things for them. I sent them a Care Bear with the heartbeat in it for them to have anytime they want to hear their son's heart, and uh, some other little things. But I just want to let those doctors and nurses and ICU and all the supportive staff realize that there is healing afterwards and there is joy and happiness as an end result quite a few times and so i want them to be aware of it and they're a they're they're a reason also for the healing they're a big part of the joy they have a lot to do with it and uh i i just want them to know they're going to be they'll be blessed for it one day as well if anyone that is listening to this or anyone that has met you i think that they truly do know that and feel it so thank you well you're very welcome and sean paul and the whole lopa agency and every part of it you've given me the ability to say thank you you've given me the ability to try to give back without your platform i wouldn't have that ability you guys have meant so much to me i mean all of you guys are part of my family as well i look forward each and every time to any event with you guys i can't say thank thanks enough for you for what you did for me what you do for countless others throughout the state 24 7. 
Something that I've never told you, and I'll just close it out here. I know that you refer to yourself as a recipient, but you're also a giver. You know, you have given back to so many people, whether it's the story of that gentleman or to that family or to your community, and we truly are grateful for you. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing this. And uh, I look forward to continuing to work with you um, in the hospitals, in the community, and just as a friend and a, and a mentor and someone that truly inspires me and everyone that works for Lopa. I appreciate everyone for listening, and you can register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor anytime at registerme.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Connected by Life on your favorite podcast app. And as always, remember you are a light worker. Keep shining. This is a production of LOPA. The content in this podcast is intended for informational purposes only and not intended to substitute for professional medical advice. To read our full disclaimer, please visit our website. The Connected by Life podcast is hosted by myself, Sean Paul Harrison. Our executive producer is Kirsten Heinz. Our production assistant is Chandra Williams. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez.